You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spitting Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout-out to everybody listening live on TuneIn Radio. Also, everybody listening live on iHeartRadio. Getting what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. We're going to hold you down on a Tuesday. And we got my man Mike Florio on the ones and twos, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam he's going to take good care of you if you want to chime in this hour you absolutely can the number to call is 844-843-6879 so many other ways though to interact with us on the show we got some poll questions up as we usually do you can get at those at FNTSY Radio on Twitter. You can always follow me, ask me questions at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter as well. The poll questions we have up are related to what we're talking about. We have been previewing a different team day by day as we get the buzz palpable for the fantasy football season. Okay, We know drafts are definitely kicking off. You get needing all the news and notes that you need. We have been in the AFC South all week long, and we continue with the Houston Texans today. We're going to talk all things Houston Texans a little bit later on in the show. Now that they are free from what I've called the $72 million noose around the franchise that was Brock Osweiler, what does that mean for this offense? What does that mean for guys like DeAndre Hopkins? What does that mean for Tom Savage versus the rookie Deshaun Watson's development? What does the Houston Texans defense look like with a healthy J.J. Watt, former defensive MVP, back in the fold. However, they've lost A.J. Bouye. We are going to talk about that. As you know, we are also crowning the greatest sports movie of all time here on the Fantasy Freestyle this summer. And we had one whole, uh, one ticket punched to the Final Four as White Men Can't Jump was crowned as the greatest basketball movie of all time. We got an interesting matchup today. We're also going to talk about Roger Goodell had some things to say about players sitting for the national anthem and also Giancarlo Stanton is going absolutely bonkers down in Miami we're gonna talk though about a little something a little detail about maybe why he won't be in Miami for too long and can you believe it's connected to Derek Jeter We'll talk about that when we come back on the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Okay. Also, I told you guys yesterday that I wanted to give a little bit of an update with my man Floyd Mayweather and the Conor McGregor fight. We are going to do that. Florio, you need to hold me to it. Keep me a man of my word. We're going to talk Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. That fight is only a week and a half, two weeks away. We got a full slate to talk about on a Tuesday. It's your boy Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician, holding you down right here, dropping stats over beats. It's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 
In 2016, Scott Engel predicted an impressive second season from Melvin Gordon. Jake Seeley recommended Jordan Howard. Bobby McMahon forecasted a JGI breakthrough. George Kurtz saw a big year coming from Matt Ryan. And Joe Galena picked Rashard Matthews as one of his top sleepers. These predictions turned fantasy owners into champions, and the same crew returns this year. With more savvy calls in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package at RotoExperts.com. Don't miss the calls that create winners. Register now and enter free radio at checkout for a special discount. Let's get down to business. I don't want around mess around. What is this? I was going to sing this whole chorus, Mike, but uh, I think there's some uh, explicit language. We're talking about Eminem here. I don't know. I don't think he had, you know, like any 10 second stretch that didn't include some explicit language. So we are going to keep it moving as we drop stats over beats right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez speeds the spitting statistician holding you down on a Tuesday with my man Mike Florio on the ones and twos, keeping it hot like liquid hot magma. Let's keep it going. Though top five dead or alive, got some news and notes. We're going to start in Major League Baseball, and I said this before on the DFS lineup lock show. I want to give a big shout out to Chad Bettis. He returned from cancer. Okay, had missed about a year, and he had a great start last night against the Atlanta Braves at Coors Field. Seven shutout innings with two strikeouts. We at the uh, Fantasy Freestyle want our tip, our cap to Chad Bettis. Also, Reds catcher Devin Mazzarocco was hit by a pitch in his foot, and he broke his toe. It looks like a stay on the. DL is in fact imminent. This is a guy who has been injury prone for so long. It was a fantasy darling post hype sleeper. All the terms you want to put on it, but he will just never be able to stay healthy. Let's keep it moving. Another guy, Diamondback starting pitcher Robbie Ray. A guy, if you listen to Fantasy Freestyle, you know I have been on all season long. Remember he got uh, in a scary fashion, hit in the head by a line drive in his last start out. He was out on the seven-day concussion list. He's going to make a rehab start Thursday at High A Vasala. And it sounds like if all things go well, he will be back in the Arizona rotation next week. Some other guys on the trail back. Uh, Astro shortstop Carlos Correa taking some swings and fielding grounders. It still sounds like he's three or four weeks away, but you can expect him maybe in your fantasy playoffs for owners like myself. I would love to have Carlos Correa back. Also, Royals stud catcher Salvador Perez. He's taking swings. Ned Yost, their manager, says that no rehab stint will probably be needed for Sal Perez. So you may see him sooner rather than later. As we keep it moving here. On the Fantasy Freestyle, one of the things I want to talk about, earlier in the week, we talked about Marshawn Lynch, Michael Bennett, how they are, you know, the term I use was using this platform, you know, to uh, make a statement. It is so ripe right now with uh, the conversation in our society um, you know, about all sorts of things, whether it's police, uh, police, um, you know, uh, assisted shootings, whether it is kind of the things we saw in Charlottesville. But these guys are not standing for the national anthem. Roger Goodell, the commissioner, was at a Arizona Cardinals season ticket event and was asked about players sitting for the national anthem. Here's what he said. It's one of those things where we have to understand that there are people who have different viewpoints. It's something that I think everybody wants. The national anthem is a special moment for me. It's a point of pride. That's really important 
But we also have to understand the other side that people do have rights and we want to respect those. And that's the thing, you know, developing the brand of the NFL from the rights of the individuals. As we know, if you listen to the fantasy freestyle, I mean, Colin Kaepernick has been completely blackballed. If you tell me, fine, maybe he's not one of the best 25 quarterbacks in the NFL, but to say he's not one of the best 60, he's not one of the best 75, 80 and couldn't be on a roster. I understand that you want your backup quarterback to be a humble guy and not cause a stir. But, uh, you know, Something's going on, and it was because of his stance. Now Bennett, now Lynch. So it's interesting. But I have actual data for you on this, Florio. There may be other things that the commissioner, when he's thinking about the brand of the NFL, have to consider. I've been talking about how everybody wants to cut the cord, how less people are watching games because they can get their information, they can get their stats in so many different ways now, whether it be social media, whether it be so many other streaming feeds. There was a survey done by J.D. Power, and um, they surveyed 9,200, over 9,000 football fans. Florio, 12% of them said that they watched less football this, this past year. 12% of people said they watched less football. So ratings are down, as we know. Interest is down. Of those people, this is a surprising number. Of those people, of about 1,100 people who said that they did watch less football, 25% of them, 287 of them, Almost over 25% said that the anthem and the Colin Kaepernick protests around the anthem was the main reason they stopped watching football last year. That was a little surprising to me. So when you're Roger Goodell and the commissioner and you got to worry about this, maybe this is a big deal. Maybe this is something they're really trying to protect the brand against. I think they should allow their players to do what they want and express their rights and use the incredible platform of their professional athlete-ness. But maybe it is actually impacting a drop in ratings. It's something to keep an eye on. We're going to be talking about this issue all season long right here on the Fantasy Freestyle as we talk about the top five dead or alive. The next thing I want to get into is, yo, Giancarlo Stanton. I talked about this last night, how Aaron Judge is sort of falling off, striking out a little bit more, not having the plate discipline that he had at the beginning of the season, and how Giancarlo Stanton is going absolutely bonkers. 22 home runs and 43 ribbies in his last 34 games has become insanely hot. And when we were talking about him last night, while that was happening, he went yard for his 43rd home run of the season. Now, the other piece that's interesting about this that I reported on the DFS lineup lock show previously with my man Tony Sincata is the fact that Stanton cleared waivers, which means that even though we are past the trading deadline, Giancarlo Stanton can now be traded to a team. We've talked about how the Miami Marlins are selling off, okay? Whether it be David Phelps, whether it be Echeverria, there's been a lot of talk that they are trying to trade as much as as they possibly can. Giancarlo Stanton has 10 years left on that mega contract and $295 million left on that contract. Do you think any team would want to trade for Giancarlo Stanton? I say if you're the Miami Marlins, now is the time to actually trade Giancarlo Stanton. It seems like four teams have actually inquired on Stanton, okay? If you want to clear that money off the books, the reason I said at the top of the show that this is connected to Derek Jeter 
is because, as you know, Derek Jeter is kind of the face of a new group that just bought the Miami Marlins. So this is the new ownership coming in. The question, do they want a $295 million contract kind of as an albatross around their neck as they, you know, kind of put their stamp on their new franchise? I've talked about this as it relates to Brock Osweiler and the $72 million noose that he was. I've talked about this as it related to Joakim Noah and the $72 million noose that he is around that. Do you want to maybe unload him? You're never going to get a better chance. He's hot as hell right now. And maybe a contender will say, yeah, I'll eat some of this money. Let me help clear the books. I actually say I think Derek Jeter will, you know, kind of influence this and make a move. I think Giancarlo Stanton could be on the move in the next two weeks. Hey, Mikey Florio, I got a question for you if we could bring you in real quick before we get to our team-by-team previews. You know, Derek Jeter becoming one of the new owners of the Miami Marlins following in George Steinbrenner's footprints. I want to ask you something. What do you think he's more likely to do now that he's a new owner? Do you think he's more likely to A... Give himself a 1997 World Series ring so he has like five in a row, his four with the Yankees and then that one with the, with the Marlins in 1997. Or do you think he's apt to hire longtime Miami guy Alex Rodriguez and his return to baseball as like a hitting coach or something like that? Mike, which do you think is more possible for owner Derek Jeter? Uh, I wouldn't want to say neither, but my guess would be hiring A-Rod. Everyone says that A-Rod, you know, he just he knows everything there is to right, know he's like about a savant. baseball. Yeah, like he is a great mind. A lot of people think he will make a great coach or manager if he ever wants to one day. So I'll go with B. Jeter doesn't seem like the type who's going to give himself a ring. Fair enough. He does like to put in the work that it takes. I'll give you that. But it also does not, you know, I mean, uh, the history of him and A-Rod is long and documented. It doesn't matter what kind of CNBC interviews they do in the last few months. I don't know if he'd ever, uh, you know, turn the other cheek and welcome A-Rod back in. The one other thing I want to get into real quick before we go to break right here on the Fantasy Freestyle, we talk about how the Bucks cut uh, second-round pick Roberto Aguayo. Their uh, general manager, Jason Licht, is actually owning up to the fact that he made a tremendous mistake. He says, I'm owning up to it. I'm owning up to it by releasing him. I know it was a bold move and it didn't work out. I don't know what else to say. I have the support of my coach and my ownership. He goes on. At the time, I was bound and determined to get the best kicker we possibly could. I thought Roberto had a chance to be a special kicker in the league for a long time. When we took him, we essentially anointed him. He actually says that if he could do it again, it wouldn't be going up to the second round to get him. It would be he would have brought in competition so that he wasn't like this anointed kicker that he would still have to kind of own, uh, you know, kind of earn it. Aguayo, however, has signed now with the Chicago Bears, okay? He's going to compete with Connor Barth for the kicking duty in Chicago, I got to tell you, if I was Connor Barth, I'd be like, yo, what are you talking about? We're going to bring in this guy to try and unseat me? I don't know about it, but the Bucks admitting their mistake. We'll see how it plays out on uh, Hard Knocks. Florio and I will talk about it a little bit tomorrow. When we come back, though, we go to the AFC South. We're talking all things Houston Texans when we come back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle. Come on right back. It's
It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code FREERADIO at checkout for a very special discount. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your boy, Dane Martinez, Speeds the Spitting Statistician, holding you down on a Tuesday. I got my guy, Mike Florio, and we're about to talk all things Houston Texans, okay? But we got a poll question up right now, at FNTSY Radio on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds on Twitter as well, okay? The over-under for the season win total for the Houston Texans is 8.5. This is a team that has been kind of in that 9-7 and seven space over the last last couple of years they uh they beat the Oakland Raiders in the playoffs last year remember Derek Carr was already down with that broken leg so they um they won a playoff game at home and then they went to New England and I don't know if you remember this, but, you know, New England was struggling in the first half of that playoff game in the division round against the Houston Texans. That was a team, though, last year that was without J.J. Watt, the former defensive uh, player of the year in the NFL. I think with this team, it all comes down to... The quarterback position, but differently in a way than when we talked about the Jacksonville Jaguars, okay? To me, it all comes down to... When or if Deshaun Watson, their rookie out of Clemson, takes over, okay? This is, this is the way I feel about the Houston Texans in general. We're not talking about fantasy football right now. We're talking about their prospects to, you know, be in the AFC championship game and, and, and get past the New England Patriots. I feel like they are similar to Kansas City. And and Florio, follow my logic here. This is a team that has a stud defense, is decent, you know, in a lot of play, places, has some playmakers, things like that. But at quarterback, they have a choice. They have a choice between a game manager quarterback or do they want to swing and try and hit a home run? Tom Savage is a, you know, in his limited action was serviceable. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins certainly loves having Savage there because he gets like 13 targets a game when Tom Savage is the quarterback. It depends on do they want to like throw Deshaun Watson in right away or early in the season. They have, I think, a bye in week. They have an early bye. They have bye in week seven. Do they want to wait that long? and 
then let Deshaun Watson go. But this is a team later on, Mike, as we go through their schedule, I think they can get off to a good start with a game manager quarterback on the strength of their defense. And then if they're in good position and in playoff position, maybe they have found a formula that works for the 2017 Houston Texans. So when it comes to fantasy, I fade the entire quarterback position because I don't know how many games Tom Savage is going to play this year, and I don't know how many games Deshaun Watson is going to play this year. This is one of, in my opinion, three legitimate quarterback competitions. Okay, I think the one here in Houston, the one in Cleveland, where Deshaun Kaiser will ultimately be there. And then the one in Denver where we don't know if it's going to be Paxton Lynch or Trevor Simeon, I think are the three legitimate competitions. So because of that, I fade these guys at the quarterback position. In dynasty leagues, however... I do think Deshaun Watson is someone who you can try and get on your team because he will grow, in my opinion. When we look at the running back position, this is a place I'm telling you right now, I am high on Lamar Miller. I am probably higher than most people on Lamar Miller. This is a guy that will wind up on some of my redraft leagues, and here's why. Lamar Miller was actually RB19 last year, okay? He had... 1,073 yards. He had five touchdowns. He also had 38 catches. Here's the thing. Lamar Miller only played in 14 games. This guy was on pace. He had about 14 points a game, over 14 games. If you pace that out for 16 games, he right away becomes RB11, jumping a lot of players, okay? This is a guy, Lamar Miller, who at the beginning of the season, the Texans were giving like 25 carries a game. They were going to ride Lamar Miller. Their plan going in to last year was to be a run-heavy team with Lamar Miller. You know what happened? Brock Osweiler proved that he was not an NFL starting caliber quarterback, and a lot of things deteriorated offensively for them because of that. And one of the things that happened was that defenses knew that Brock was not going to go down the field to a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. He was not going to have accuracy to a guy like Will Fuller. And defenses started to creep, 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 and Lamar Miller um, you know, kind of was the ultimate, you know, not beneficiary, but opposite of that, the ultimate casualty of that. I think Lamar Miller now, second year in a system, even if with a game manager kind of quarterback like Tom Savage, he will have something that defenses have to respect a little more. I think that a healthy Lamar Miller could creep his way into the top 10 of running backs. I have him as my RB10. My man Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, is not as high, but still, he loves the theory of last year's trash. He has Lamar Miller at his RB12. I think it's also interesting to to look at if you think Lamar Miller is a candidate for injury and that's very possible then you need to watch Houston Texans preseason games because there is an interesting battle shaping up for the second running back on that team Alfred Blue has been the backup for a few years now but this rookie Dante Foreman could be the real deal and could be the actual handcuff to Lamar Miller so keep an eye out on that but I am high Lamar Miller is a diamond in the rough in my opinion was RB19 Last year, with if he had 16 games, like I said, would have been higher. I think he could be RB9 or 10 this year. He is someone that I would draft in the second round if I needed a running back. If we go to the wide receiver position, though, 
I'm even higher on DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion, is going to have a huge bounce back for the same reason. He is not dealing with Brock Osweiler as his quarterback. Let me tell you something. When he had Tom Savage in, in PPR leagues, you needed DeAndre Hop. I like to call him. Did you ever see, Florio, if you ever saw the movie, um, uh, it was one of these Adam Sandler movies where he had the kid. He was raising like the little kid. And um, he had, there was a piece. Big Daddy. That's right. He was Big Daddy. And uh, he had the other guy, uh, Rob Schneider, being like the delivery man. And they were trying to teach both of them. And one of the words that he was trying to teach him how to spell was, I think, hippopotamus. And ever since that movie, I call DeAndre Hopkins D-Hop, the D-Hopopotamus. So I, I appreciate and I, I've loved DeAndre Hopkins for a long time. He's been on my teams and I want him on my teams this year. I think he's going to get a ton of targets, but he's going to get targets from a quarterback that can actually get him the ball. Last year, he was wide out 27. He had a like bad year for D-Hop, the D-Hopopotamus, but he still had... 78 catches, 954 yards, and only four touchdowns. I believe we're going to see some positive regression in the touchdown category. And here's the other thing. Like I said, DeAndre Hopkins caught 78 balls. Florio, he had 151 targets. His targets were actually seventh highest in the NFL. I'm going to do a little quick math for you. 78 catches and 151 targets. He only caught 51% of the targets that went his way. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that wasn't DeAndre Hopkins' fault. That was Brock Osweiler's fault. That's why I expect him to bounce all the way back up to my wide receiver 12. I believe he is a low-end wideout one, a high-end wideout two. He is lobbying for Tom Savage to be his quarterback. If Tom Savage is, oh, I love DeAndre Hopkins. On the flip side, though, I do not like the second wide receiver. I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Will Fuller? Is it going to be Braxton Miller? Is it going to be Jalen Strong? I think this is all DeAndre Hopkins. I think the D-Hop, the D-Hopopotamus, is a target monster for 2017. And he's going to have a quarterback throwing it in the same general time zone and vicinity. So he'll be right back to elite status. You can get him at value, DeAndre Hopkins. I think, unfortunately, though, the fact that the offense will be getting better, I think the casualty here will be C.J. Fedorowicz. C.J. Fedorowicz, I think, will have less targets this year because, remember, he's, I think he's going to be dealing with a better offense. And so Brock had to go to that security blanket a little bit too much. My diamonds in the rough for the Houston Texans are Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins. I also, listen, I love the Houston Texans defense with the return of J.J. Watt. They're going to now have J.J. Watt and a Ending Jadavian Clowney and Whitney Merciless coming full steam ahead at opposing quarterbacks. I love this defense. The only problem is you're not going to see me drafting a defense until the last or the second to last round. Somebody in your draft is going to draft the Houston Texans defense like in round 12 or round 13. It's okay. Let them have the Houston Texans defense. Okay. Here's the th- here's the deal. 
Florio, I want to get your opinion on the Houston Texans when we come back. But let me tell you, this schedule starts off pretty good. This is why I think Tom Savage needs to start the season, because I think he can build a little bit of momentum. Week one, home opener for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week two, at Cincinnati, I think they can win. I think that defensive line that they have overpowers the piss-poor Cincinnati Bengals offensive line, and I think that's a win. Then they go on the road to the New England Patriots. That's a loss. Then they have three games in a row at home before their bye that I think are all interesting and potentially winnable. Home for Tennessee in a big division showdown. Home for the Chiefs and home for the Cleveland Browns. I see potential for the Houston Texans to be 4-2 and two or even 5-1 and one after that stretch where they go into their bye. So I ask you, um, Florio, when we do that, What will happen? When will they bring in Deshaun Watson? Will this be a true redshirt year for him? Will they try to rush him back right after the bye? Because right after the bye, their first game is at Seattle. That's not necessarily where you want to throw your young rookie in either. When we come back right here dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Freestyle, we are going to go through the schedule with my man Mike Florio. We're going to see if we think we can get above the 8.5 win total for the poll, and we're going to also ask him if he agrees with my love for DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller. All that when we come back right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Big shout out to our tune-in listeners, to our iHeartRadio listeners. It's your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, holding you down on a Tuesday right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Dropping stats over beats. You know what it is. It's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez holding you down on a Tuesday. I got Mike Florio on the ones and twos. He's in for Chris Pavona, keeping it so hot that we sweat steam. We've been talking about the Houston Texans in the last segment, and I want to bring in my man Mike Florio right now. I got a couple questions for you. I think the biggest question as it relates to the Texans is like when and if we see Deshaun Watson. So after I gave you that first six games, I really think a game manager, I think the Houston Texans can go 4-2 and two in that stretch. And then, if you're 4-2 and two and competing, you don't throw them in at Seattle. So when, if at all, do you think Deshaun Watson sees the field? And how do you think that impacts the Texans' hopes and fantasy football owners' hopes? Yeah, I agree. If they're 4-2, and two, they can't make a change there because... They're going to look at it as, all right, we're getting by with Tom Savage. We, he doesn't turn the ball over. We could trust our defense. It's a lot like the, in my opinion, Denver situation where right. they trust their defense and, and you know the, the weapons around them that they go with the quarterback who's not going to turn the ball over rather than the guy who fantasy owners want to see because it may lead to more volume, better, stronger arm, more deep down the field throws, but yet more turnovers, more, more careless plays from the youngster. 
All right, and absolutely. And as I told you, everybody, I'm high on Lamar Miller and on DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, Florio. I've never seen a percentage this low. Okay, he caught 78 balls, D-Hop I'm talking about, on 151 targets. That has to, with Tom Savage, get a lot better. And if you put DeAndre Hopkins back up over 90, 100 balls, you know he's going to get yards after the catch. You know he's going to score touchdowns. Are you? Uh, do you agree with me that we can expect a bounce-back year from the D-Hop? the Dehopopotamus? I have him a little bit lower than you. I have him around wide receiver 14 or 15. Okay. Just because I am still a little bit afraid. Tom Savage is better than Brock Osweiler, but he's still not a great quarterback. The weapons around him, I actually think, got a little worse because Will Fuller got hurt. So now, like you said, we don't know who's going to be lining up opposite or what they could bring to the table. I also do worry a little bit because even two years ago when he had that monster season, a lot of that damage came in the first eight games. So it's really been like a year and a half that we haven't seen D-Hop be the D-Hop that we want him to be. This is true. I, I still believe that there is no way we won't see a significant jump from him converting on more than more than 51% of the targets that come his way. Let's go through this schedule real quick, though, Florio. Remember, the over-under on them is eight. I want to try and find out how you think their uh, season plays out and ultimately when or if Deshaun sees the field, okay? So I gave you their first six games. Home games against Jacksonville, Tennessee, KC, and Cleveland. I think they can win three of those four home games, Mike. And I really think they can go on the road and beat Cincinnati. I think style makes fight and the incredible defensive line and pressure of the Texans can overwhelm that piss poor Seattle um, Cincinnati Bengal offensive line. I think they can go on the road and win that game week two. I'll give them a loss at New England. Clearly in those games. Do you see uh, do you see a path to four or five wins as well or no? Uh, I see it either being three or four wins. With the the one um, iffy on is the Cincinnati game, just because I love the weapons that are surrounding Andy Dalton. Fair enough, but if Andy Dalton doesn't have two seconds to throw the ball, <laughs> then I do not trust Andy Dalton. Okay, but you have him at three and three. I am at four and two. After the bye at Seattle, I'm giving them a loss. Same. All right, so I have him at four and three. You have him three and four. Home for Indianapolis. You got to figure at this point, Andrew Luck should be back. Yeah, that one's tough because Luck, if he's back, and, and how long has he been back? Right. So with all those questions, though, if Luck is back, I, I think the Colts pull it out. Okay, so you have them at 3-5. and five. I now also think that could be a loss. I have them at 4-4. Four and four. At the Los Angeles Rams, I think they get that one to go to 5-4. and four. I agree. Okay. Um, home for the Arizona Cardinals. I think they get that one and overwhelm a uh, geriatric Carson Palmer. I think they get that one to go to 6-4. and four. Just because they're home, I'll give them this one. Okay. At Baltimore, I am low on the Baltimore Ravens. They do not excite me. Um, I think they can get that one as well. I think they go to 7-4. and four. I agree. All right. At Tennessee, here I don't think they get it. Division rival, second road game in a row, late in the season. I think they drop a game here to Tennessee to go to 6-5. and five. And another thing, Mike, real quick, they go at all their division rivals, okay, in the end of the season. Week 13 at Tennessee, week 15 at Jacksonville, and they finish week 17 at Indianapolis. I think they lose this game and are 6-5 and five, um, at this point. 
at Tennessee, I think, is a loss. I, I'd have to agree with you. I'm giving them the win against the Titans at home. I, I division rivals are tough. I like the Tennessee's weapons. I'm going to give them the L here. Fair enough. I got them winning home week 14 against the San Francisco 49ers. Do you agree? agree? Yep. Cool. At Jacksonville, I think by this time, um, their quarterback will not be Blake Bortles, which actually makes this a little bit of a harder matchup. But I still think that uh, the Texans will be in contention. The Jaguars will not. They'll be mailing it in and looking for tea time. So I give them a road uh, road win at Jacksonville week 15. I agree. Okay. Um, home, however, on week 16 for the Pittsburgh. Steelers. I do not think that is a win. I think Ben is going to have the offense humming with all of their weapons. I have that as a loss, putting them at, I believe, 8-7 and seven going into the last game of the year. Yeah, I'm giving them an L2. I love the Steelers' offense. So do I. I think they are the most dangerous offense in the NFL if we get 16 games out of all the Bs. Um, and then at Indianapolis, last game of the year... Um, I think that can go either way. That's a 50-50 game. So I have them going 8-7, eight and se- eight and seven, then going into a 50-50 kind of game with the over-under of eight and a half games. So I am going to say pass. It is a good line on the over-under of eight and a half. What say you, Florio? Yeah, I agree. There was a couple of games where I think could go either way. They could easily this is a team that could easily be seven and nine, nine and seven. So that eight and a half, that that's I don't really want to mess with that. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't want to mess with that. I say pass that it's a good line. Only twenty three percent of the people agree with me. Um Florio, I don't know if you've seen the poll, but it's heavy. Fifty six percent say take one way or the other. Which way do you think the people voted? Given that the the QB position is up in the air, I'm going to say they took take the under. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 56% of people say take the under on like the two-time defending AFC South champions. They won the division with Brock Osweiler. They're getting JJ Watt back. I understand there is kind of um open questions at quarterback, but I think both options are better than Brock Osweiler. We will see what happens with the Houston Texans. This is what we do here, though, on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We give you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. And you know, the other thing you need to do is go to rotoexperts.com and get the exclusive edge fantasy football package. The Roto Experts lineup, yo, we've got FSWA inaugural Hall of Famer and fantasy football writer of the year, the king, Scott Angle. We've got the all-in kid, national acclaimed top ranker Jake Seeley. We've got 2015 and 16 FSWA award winners Bobby McMahon and Brandon Murchison. We've got depth and upside on our roster of writers. I'm talking about Frank Stanfield and my man Mike Florio. We bring you a draft package bursting with all pro analysis and in-season coverage that'll take you to the title. Yo, get the exclusive edge fantasy football package right now at rotoexperts.com. You enter the promo code free radio at checkout. You will get a special discount. Discount. Hey, Florio, are you still writing for Roto Experts? What, what's the last thing you wrote, my man? It actually came out yesterday. Yeah, yeah, tell us about it. It is an article of five players that I am avoiding and five players that I am targeting this fantasy football season. Ooh, at any position? Yeah, uh, well, the quarterback, uh, not, I'm sorry, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Okay, running back, wide receiver, tight end. And uh, my man DeAndre Hopkins is not one of them because you think uh, you think he will not... He'll only catch 50, 55% of targets that come his <laughs> no, way. No, I don't think he's going to catch that. He is not a player that I wrote that I am 
targeting or avoiding. Like I think where he's going is a fair value. Fair enough, fair enough. Listen, Mikey, as you know, we are also crowning the greatest sports movie of all time here on the Fantasy Freestyle this summer. And we are in the wild card region, okay? Yesterday, I'm sure you're happy about this, Mike, but white men can't jump. Punched its ticket to the Final Four, winning the basketball region as the three seed. That was actually my pick for uh, to win it all in that region. So I am ecstatic that White Men Can't Jump continues to go on with the Stooky Brothers and my girl Rosie Perez. We're in the wild card region today, and this was a matchup in the regional final, Mike, of a one seed versus a two seed. We have the one seed, Rocky. Rocky Balboa, yo, Adrian, if he dies, he dies, going up against the number two seed, Caddyshack. Now, Caddyshack is an all-star cast, okay? Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, it is deep, but I got to tell you something. Rocky, someone pointed out to me last uh, week, I think Chris Pavone also said it, is the only movie that actually, it won the Oscar for Best Picture in 1976. I think it could also win the award for like most sequels so far. But here's something that I never knew. Florio, did you know that not only did Sylvester Stallone act in all of them as Rocky, did you know that he wrote the first five Rockies? I knew he wrote the first one. I didn't know he wrote all five. He wrote the first five Rockies. I think that's amazing. And also, check this out. There was like Rocky five, and then the sixth one, Rocky Balboa, was nine years later, or six, excuse me, 16 years between Rocky five and then ultimately in 2006, Rocky Balboa, then another nine years when they did the spinoff of Creed. Who are you voting for in this one, uh, Mike? This is easy for me. I mean, it's it's a little unfair because I've never seen Caddyshack. But Rocky is just one of those movies, every time you see it, like you're flipping through the guide or whatever you see it's on, you just sit down and you watch it. It's easily Rocky for me. It is easily Rocky for Mike Florio. I am also voting for Rocky as the one seed to advance. I got my man Howie Balaban out there on Twitter. He's usually responding to these polls. And he actually says this one for him is also easy. Rocky all the way. He then goes on to say just 52 two seconds ago hopefully he's out there listening right now to the fantasy freestyle he says frankly any movie that can spawn five sequels and a new franchise in creed it wins period i guess it's not going up against the fast and the furious would you have thought that was a sports movie i don't know you still have time to vote we're gonna come out with the polls and i promise we're gonna get to this conor mcgregor floyd mayweather talk when we come back it's the fantasy freestyle right here on tune in radio fantasy sports radio network iheart radio Radio. Speeds the spitting statistician holding you down. Fantasy freestyle dropping stats over beats. Come on right back. Ezekiel Elliott. Carl Anthony Towns. Corey Seager. Those are the rookies of the year. Much like the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The fastest growing fantasy sports network on radio is completely free, 24-7. Listen to us live at FNTSY.com slash radio or download the app right now in the Google Play Store or on iTunes. Don't push us, cause we're close to the edge. We're trying not to lose our head. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, makes me want to 
it makes me feel like I'm, I can't keep them going under. You know what I mean? It's the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez dropping stats over beats. Yo, we've had these polls up right now. I'm surprised 56% of you guys still say take the under on the Houston Texans. You do not have faith in Tom Savage to be a game manager. Maybe think Deshaun Watson is going to be thrown to the Wolves. And right now, 63% of you are taking Rocky to advance to the Final Four of the greatest sports movie of all time, agreeing with Mikey Florio, agreeing with the spitting statistician, and agreeing with my man Howie Balaban, who I think we might have on this show a little bit later this week to break down the final four. He's been chiming in on all of these matchups. One thing, though, that I've been talking about for the last couple of days. Listen, Floyd Mayweather gave an interview, and he actually gives the edge on paper in this fight coming up in two weeks to... Conor McGregor, if you could believe that. He says, and I quote, he's a lot younger. When you look at myself and Conor on paper, he's taller, has a longer reach, he's a bigger man, he's a lot younger. I've been off a couple of years. I'm in my 40s. So it leans towards Conor McGregor. Could he be just like, you know, putting in built-in excuses for if he loses? I don't know. But it's possible that he's lost a step. I mean, he hasn't fought in a while. He hasn't knocked anyone out since 2011. He then says, though, I didn't say I couldn't fight. I just said I'm not the same Floyd Mayweather I once was. Now, here's the thing. I think this is all just a PR. They got to keep it in the news, right? We had that promotional tour, and then there was kind of a... A buzz where everyone was saying that there's no chance, no chance Conor McGregor will never even, you know, hit Floyd Mayweather, that there was like, you know, no chance for him to win, that he was getting knocked down and sparring, that sort of thing. So you got to keep it live. So out comes Floyd saying, hey, maybe I've lost a step. Maybe Conor does have a chance. I think this is to just keep everybody interested in the fight. Remember there was beef about a week or two ago with Paulie Malinaji and how you know he looked like he got knocked down in sparring, but then he said no, that that was just a push, that that was being kind of doctored to uh, alter the narrative. But now Paulie Malinaji is out on the radio and TV circuit pretty much still promoting the fight. It's keeping this all in the news. Okay, and I got to give props because up next on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, my man Gabe Morency of Red Heat and Rage, he was on this. He said from the beginning that Floyd was going to try to talk himself down and hype Connor up. That is what keeps this fight in the news. That's what keeps everybody laying money on Connor McGregor. The line line continues to not move. It's still a ridiculous line. We're talking Floyd Mayweather is minus like 600. He should have been where he started, minus 2100. He has no shot. What I need you to do, Florio, when they do Red Heat and Rage up next, you got to ask him that Dane is wondering, does he think this line is going to go any lower than where it is right now at minus 600, minus 575, minus 550? Should I take that number or should I wait a little bit longer because it's going to drop even more as soon as, you know, all of Ireland comes in to bet on Conor McGregor now that they're, you know, releasing video of him tired after a late night workout when he's saying, oh, I'm in my 40s, when we're saying, oh, he hasn't been in the game, hasn't fought in a year or two, oh, he hasn't knocked anyone out since 2011, that he has the edge on paper with the reach, with the age, with being the bigger man, Are we all just setting up contrived, manufactured um, beliefs that Conor can win, but if so, 
Does that mean that the number is going to continue? Florio, I need you to ask Gabe Morency that on Red Heat and Rage, and let me know tomorrow. We will be back dropping stats over beats on the Fantasy Freestyle. I'm your boy Dane Martinez holding you down right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. See you guys tomorrow. Go out there and vote Rocky.